I battle with monsters. I try to save money. I try to save the universe. I'm going to be a doctor. I am the doctor. Well, let's hope this box is big enough for the both of us. Doctor Who, coming soon to BBC One. Welcome to Time for 13, a Doctor Who podcast. We are here today to talk about Series 3, uh, the Doctor's Doctor, as it were. Um, uh, with me, as always, is Rob. Hello. Hey, thanks. Uh, so before we get started, we have a couple of uh, house cleaning things we want to do. Uh, first of all, uh, we got to uh, – Rob took a very special trip, and uh, also there's been some big Doctor Who news, which we're going to talk about a little briefly. So you want to talk about uh, your trip to a, a magical place of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey in Indiana? So go figure this. So we take a uh, – we just got back from a three-week road trip with my wife and daughter, a little college visit, visiting home, East Coast, about 7,000 miles. Um, and it's wonderful. Road trips are amazing, right? Mm-hmm. But right before we left, I think on one of the websites that I check out uh, frequently, it was either Gizmodo or one of them, they mentioned this crazy Doctor Who store that is in Indiana. And we're like, okay, this is on our way. We're totally stopping. So on the way back home to Arizona, um, we it's right outside of Indianapolis. It's uh, maybe about literally like a 20-minute detour off of, uh, off of the main interstate that goes through inter- Indianapolis is Doctor Who North America. And if you just Google this, just Google Doctor Who North America. It is the first thing that comes up. It is crazy. It's literally a guy who has a fairly large, think of it just a large hobby shop, as you would think of a traditional hobby store. Um, And it is one half museum and one half store. And I kid you not, it is the most peculiar, amazing, crazy, should not exist, but it does place. In the American that, Midwest. That pretty much sums up Doctor Who, too. Yes, so that's like, very fitting. It's insane. You you literally drive up. The place is blue. The Literally, the building is painted TARDIS blue. <laughs> it just has one door in front. There's a crazy big sign with the TARDIS, like, by the road. You, you're like, and my wife is like, what? when we pull up, she goes, what are we doing? What is <laughs> right? Because it literally, I mean, it looks, it just looks weird, right? You go in, and it's amazing. Um, the museum part is just literally maybe about 18 glass cases built into the wall, very nicely done, very well presented with, I mean, I'm not kidding, chock full of every piece of Doctor Who memorabilia you could ever possibly imagine from the entire 50 years of the show. The guy has probably the greatest modern collection of action figures, which for those of you who know in the last maybe 10 years, when at the height of Tenant mm. in his reign as Doctor, that, I mean, there were toys everywhere. Yes, it was every, like every clothing option, everything. Up. Right? It was like the height of if you remember the Star Trek Next Generation figures by Playmates uh, in the nineties. Oh yes, that's what it was like. And he just has everything. But what I thought was cool is he has. He even has some of the stuff I had. Like when I was a kid in middle school, and I was big into the show in the mid eighties. Um, I had the one of the first electronic sonic screwdrivers, which was Ooh. this big gray plastic looking thing. He had one of those in mint in the package, which was total brought back some great memories. Um, He had stuff from the 88, 89, I think, Doctor Who USA tour, which again, for those of you who are longtime fans, there was a a trailer that went around the country to different PBS stations. He had stuff from that, the map from the actual tour and some buttons. I mean, totally had a great time seeing that stuff. Pretty wonderful. And then the other half, the store, oh, he's got a little back room with an arcade with a... um, 
a Doctor Who pinball machine, and curiously enough, a sit-down arcade Star Trek Voyager video game. Oh wow! Which so if, yeah, if you're if you're a total video game arcade person, you remember this from the '90s. But that was a total that was a weird thing there. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's cool. But then the store is just every I mean, the, all the action figures, t- shirts, cosplay stuff, um, books, DVDs, salt and pepper shakers, mugs, everything. It was I can't I'll tell you this if if for whatever reason like is it worth hopping on a plane to Indianapolis and renting a car. <laughs> Maybe not, but <laughs> I mean, but I'm going to tell you this though. I mean, if, if you, you know, if you're in a place that you've never seen Dr. Who stuff on a shelf, yeah, maybe it is. If you're driving through Indianapolis, yes, you must stop. It's amazing. For those who are friends who happen to be on their way to Gen Con uh, and want a little break from the, all the, the D&D action, maybe they can take a, a small road trip up there and uh, check it out. Definitely check it out. It's, and, and seriously, it, it was literally my daughter and I came out of it and we were like, Oh, Oh. And then actually the other, other cool thing he has in the middle of the store, he has probably the best full scale representation of the exterior of the TARDIS that I've ever seen in person. Wow. It's, it's so much better than any of the ones I've ever seen at comic cons or anything else. This one literally looks like it's off the set. So it's five bucks to take your picture leaning out of the door. No, actually, it's completely free, actually. Oh wow! Okay. In fact, and, and and it's neat is it only, it only has it only has the two sides. The other two sides are actually merch. You know, you oh. got shows <laughs> well, you know, so you, you know, you got space. We not want us. Definitely, I he assumes our wallets are bigger on the inside as well. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but no, fantastic. Definitely go check it out. Yeah, very cool. And so, and Rob was also nice enough to uh, pick up something, uh, a, a little uh, extra added value, a, a particular piece of Doctor Who memorabilia, which we are going to be doing our very first giveaway with. So yes. we will talk about that at the end of the episode. Yes, we're going to make you wait all the way through to find out how you, yes, you, uh, could be the one to get this particular piece of Doctor Who memorabilia. But let's that, that's the past. Let's talk about the future because uh, as we're recording this, uh, Comic-Con uh, is in full swing. Uh, and we have just seen our first glimpse of the new season, Doctor Who, of, of Jodie Whittaker as the 13th Doctor. Uh, they put she they did a big panel there. They they talked about it. And then they actually had a small trailer that came out, too. So we got to see a lot of uh, what's going to go on with it. Now, obviously, this is a retrospective podcast, but this is also looking the future. So we're not going to spend an entire episode like, as I know we could, you know, discussing the minutia. But uh, Doctor Who news. So we needed to talk about it. Um, what, did, what was your first impression of uh, after watching the unfortunately short trailer? Yes. Okay. So it was it definitely a short and it's much more of a teaser. I would say it's much more of a teaser than it is even a trailer still. So, yeah. um, but I'll tell you this, the thing, I can't believe how fresh and different it looks yeah. and in a good way. Nothing. No, I mean, like I got nothing but good vibes from it. I've been a little concerned that I was going to find her hard to understand because of her accent. I was worried about the same thing. Because Capaldi at the beginning, I was like, yeah, me too. Right? And, 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 and we'll talk about that when we get to his series, right? Yeah. Like, like, I was like, no, I get her. Um, It looks great. I, I'm excited. I think it's, there's a lot of things that they released in terms of information. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I picked out that I thought was interesting, and this is, I guess, for the, for the eagle eye viewers. Mm-hmm. So her costume obviously changes. Because oh. in one of the scenes in the teaser, she had a completely different shirt, color, different colored shirt and pants. So for oh. people who are cosplay and, and people not from the regeneration, not not from not from the regeneration and not from her. You've seen the, the photos yeah, of her shirts. And- no, her. She had a purple shirt on with the stripes oh. and green pants. And okay. I was like, wow, 
we're definitely considering, which I'm sure probably, you know, a lot of people think, you know, the doctor's outfit is obviously very important to the show. Mm-hmm. Capaldi changed his like yes. a lot, right? Yes. Like different shirts and all these different things. Yeah, they're continuing that. Like, like it's clearly not set. And, you know, I would I would hope I like that. Actually, I like that little bit of diversity. I do, too. I, I liked it when Matt Smith did it as well, that it wasn't just the same suit over and over again in the same bow tie. Exactly. The things that he liked and he you could see just variations off of that. And the thing I guess the other thing I like, too, is, is that, OK, so they, they have released the sonic screwdriver, which we, yes. you, you see a very quick glimpse know, of in I'm, the in the in the teaser. I'm such a nerd for sonic screwdrivers. I love them. I have a I have a full set <laughs> of all of them, too. And I'm trying to even try to uh, convince my wife to let me do a uh plaque or have them all mounted <laughs> uh well, my, i've not i've not gotten through that yet my but three I'm are on the wall so yes uh, <laughs> uh, i don't have that such as just three um yeah. but i tell you when you see that you also get a feeling it is the most alien most organic looking sonic we've ever seen in the show's history yeah and i just i can't wait to see the inside of the tardis yeah as to see how it sort of how it matches up yeah because that's that's one thing i noticed when i was watching the the trailer uh is that no tardis they don't show the TARDIS at all. And that goes along with the rumors we've heard, which is that after, if you've seen the regeneration, um, she falls out of the TARDIS or possibly is kicked out of the TARDIS. We're not really sure. And falls to Earth. And so for the first couple episodes, they say that she is not going to have the TARDIS. It's just going to be her on Earth sort of having to survive by her wits. Oh. Which would be very interesting. Yeah, that's that's the rumor going on. And, now, and this trailer seems to confirm it. Now, I, and we don't know how much of the season we've seen in that trailer because right, I mean, right. they're done they're done filming so they're I mean, they're in edits now so that could have just been the first two episodes right right you know, or be or, or something like that we don't know how how far in it gets because uh, we didn't see a lot of aliens in that uh, and also they did not release a date so that means that there'll be another probably fuller trailer coming uh teasing more of what they're going to you see know what about. And also they talked about that they want to do a lot of new stuff they want to do new aliens and, and new threats and- well you know did you see chibnall's um i saw one i guess one interview he did as an offshoot of this um he not only did he say just new aliens no no old villains in the season yeah no old villains no two-parters all single standalone stories and I think they're really, which I think is smart because I think this is what happened with with Matt Smith's first season. This yeah. is a reset for you want new people to come and love the show. Yes, because you because you with a with a whole new production crew behind the scenes, you know, and the you know, new stories. To, why not trying to bring in a new audience too? And, and all this is music to my ears. Like <laughs> that's a, like yes, this is exactly what I want right now because with, I want them to to be telling you stuff like. As we'll see, even in, in the season we're going to get to here, that a lot of times they, they they bring something back, and instead of getting the ooh effect, you get the oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like every they 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 seem to be the thing of like, well, it, almost like, well, we have to, well, we have to bring back a segment, well, we have to bring back a Dalek, and it it seems end up being diminishing returns. Now, every once in a while, they'll they'll find something and they'll um you know, sort of recreate it or or add something to it. Like I remember when the Ice Warriors show up again. The Ice Warriors were, were pretty. Yeah, generic, I guess, in the in the first incarnation of Doctor Who, and they brought it back here, and then they added some new stuff to it, and that was new and exciting. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm all for them trying brand new things, trying new stuff because we've seen a lot of Dalek stories, we've seen a lot of Cyberman stories, we've seen a lot of Master and you know, and in, in his various and her various incarnations. You know, let's uh, give, give me something new. Let me show, try something different. Like add to the mythos. True, and well, and you know what I think is great is they have enough of untapped classic stuff that there's still a lot of other places to go for the old for the for the for the longtime fans mm-hmm. 
you know, yeah, I, and if if they if they sort of bring sort of uh, embody the Pertwee era, which is sort of what I'm getting, I'm right. kind of getting a third Doctor vibe of like her on Earth helping uh, humans with a lot of their problems, as opposed to gallivanting around the universe at first. Right, exactly. I think we'll get to that point. No, I'm excited though, but I, you can't. Here's the deal: if you're a Doctor Who fan, you should be super excited. You should be super yes. jazzed. This is going to be good, and it's and I'll tell you this: there's no doubt this is what the show needed for it yeah. to thrive. Yeah. I think I think they they've shed a lot of viewers in the Capaldi stuff, and I, and we'll, we'll we'll talk about that when we, when we get to him. We don't really get into that now. I think there was a lot of people who were kind of thinking it was like getting a little long in the tooth, as they say. Correct. Uh, but I think this is the breath of fresh air that they need. So I'm I'm super excited, and and still don't know when. <laughs> we still don't know when it's coming. Uh, only the fall. That's good though. They do it. Do it when it's right. When you're done. Don't worry yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Don't worry about arbitrary release date. We've seen what happens when you stick to arbitrary yeah, release date. Yeah. Don't do that. It's <laughs> good. So, but let's get into what we're here to talk about, which is a series three uh, and the first appearance uh, or the the reign of Martha. Why did you say that name? No, no, not that Martha. The other Martha, Martha Jones. <laughs> uh, so, but before we get to that, we have to get through the Christmas special. So we're going to talk about. The Runaway Bride, also known as. So there's two titles for this one. Okay. Alien Arachnid Resurrection <laughs> or The Devil's Groom. Oh, I like that. <laughs> the Devil's Groom. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So and now and now you uh, you have obviously seen the further season. So you know that like, you know, that we have uh, she, she's coming back as a companion. So you know what? I actually did. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't even say her name. Donna Noble. You know, we meet Donna, Donna Noble for the first time who eventually will come back as a companion. But at this point was just a guest star. So you so you know what? I actually didn't. And I flubbed this in the last in the last episode. I OK. And I think I've already said this. Like I, I was a loose watcher of Tenet. I've never actually yes. watched it, con- you know, it, it, contiguously. Right. Well, I didn't realize that. I thought this was the beginning of her season. I didn't realize that oh. she was just in the Christmas special. It was a one-time yeah. thing. Wow, because she was a big get in terms of an, of an yeah. actress. Yeah, and then, yeah, guy. that's it. And then it was the Martha season. I uh-huh. thought it was the Donna season. I actually oh. didn't get that. So Okay, so you're kind of surprised when she said, no, I don't want to go yeah, with Yeah, and I, I loved it. I mean, I think that's great. I mean, for a lot of reasons, and this is a theme we'll talk about this season, is is, is the, 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 the companion as yes. a foil, as a muse, as a, mm-hmm. as a, all these different things, I really like the fact that you've introduced a character that, you know, she's a little, you know, obviously she's a little dense, right? And that's yes. and that's intentional for and but sure. for a lot of reasons. But I love the fact that she's not just like totally smitten. She's not smitten with him in any way. No. She's like, I think this is cool. Yeah, this was this was crazy. It got my adrenaline up. But yeah, uh-huh. no, forget you. I got stuff to do. Yeah, she's. I mean, she's. She's more insults him for being skinny. All yes, the time. <laughs> like, yes. There's never any of that like lovey dovey, you know, batting her eyelashes stuff. Donna, Donna does not care. Right. <laughs> no, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful. Well, I'll tell you, it was a great. It was a great palate cleanser after the whole rose thing. Which yes, I'm still this season. I'm not. I'm not. I don't fully understand the rose. I, yeah, I know. Well, uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk about it as it goes on too. But it, this is very much the after having lost a, a major companion. This is the the reflection and like like we're all recovering from it sort of things. This and that unfortunately that that puts Martha in the realm of the rebound girl. Oh, for uh, so sure, all the way through. And that's which I, I didn't really like. But it's like, but I, I get it. I get what they're going for because the doctor has lost. A, you know, if, right. if you want to interpret it that way, the love of his life. Right. This, this, the, and, and also the the fans were kind of reeling too because it's like everybody loved Rose, so no matter who was going to come on next, 
it was going to be well, she's not good as Rose. Did everybody? Well, did everybody her. really love her? Did they? Uh, Rose? Yeah, mm. yeah. She really is beloved mm. by the fans too, and they love they love, they love the romance part mm. of it too. And I and so much so <laughs> that people do not like Martha because she is oh. the next girl. That's so sad. <laughs> I have a couple of friends who are big Doctor Who fans who cannot stand Martha. What? And I do not understand why. I love Martha. She's yes! one of my absolute favorite companions. I think she is terrific. Oh, wait. Okay. So here, we, we, I mean, we, well, okay. We got to, yeah, right, oh, yeah, 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 we're, we're, we're already I, I, I was, that ready, I was ready too. to jump in on that. Okay. So <laughs> let's finish up the Runaway Bride first. Yeah. So Donna, okay. So Donna, I love, okay. I love Donna Noble too. Well, we'll obviously if Donna Noble gets her whole season. So we'll talk about her when that comes a lot. But in this showing up, what a perfect marriage of character and actress that yes. he went, this is who I'm writing for. I'm going to give her the greatest part. And he did. Martha, like you said, she's not the brave well, but I think more she's more self-obsessed than she is uh, dumb. Like, I don't think it would be dumb. It's just more that she's kind of like, I guess I'd put her like an Elle Woods. She's really smart on the things that she's interested in and could care less about anything else. Mm. You know, and so this this is her sort of legally blonde coming, uh, uh, coming around sort of to see that there's more to the world than just her and getting a man and settling down. Um, but she is, uh, but she is vain. She is self-centered. She's egotistical, and yet I love her. Right. This is the difference of RTD uh, in his writing. Like you know, uh, Russell writes uh, Rose's mom, Jackie, and the can't stand her, right. and yet he does the same kind of stuff with Donna, where she's on paper unlikable. Right. I mean, she's very self-centered. She is like you know, she it's always about her and stuff too. But at the same time, you you get to see the layers that underneath she's really insecure and she and she does not get a lot of support at home. Like you, you really get to see sort of where all that stuff comes from. And you like I like that she's so forthright and she, she's like, you know, she's not one of these people who's going to stand at the back even when the doctor is confronting a monster. She's right up there next to him right. like, well, I have some ideas too, even though most of the time they're terrible ideas. But she's like, I'm not going to be pushed to the back. Well, what she also gets is though she gets her character arc. Okay, so obviously she's 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 lonely and, you know, she has a lot of insecurities. She's yeah. thrown herself at this guy who has obviously tried to tried to get close to her for a variety of reasons, mm-hmm. ends up being the devil's groom. And sure. um, But I thought, though, the end – when he just totally unloads on her and she realizes that this all was a ruse and, and yes. one great acting. I mean, I, I, here's yes. the reason the difference between her and Rose's mom is, and I'm not saying mm-hmm. that Rose's mom isn't a great actress. I think she played right. the part she was supposed to play. This one though, gets the big compassionate moment where you can't but feel sorry for Donna. Yes. Like, yes. You at when he, when you, like you, you're saying when he unloads on her, when he oh. does all the stuff, all the stuff, boy, you feel it. Brutal. Wow, you are absolutely like 100% like with her like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Well, and and how many people do we not well, here's the thing is and this is not this is not meant to sound like some sort of elitist statement, but you know mm-hmm. when they when they deal with the whole concept of when he's tell, when he's asking Donna like, well, do you remember this happened, this happened and this happened and she's like, "No, I was hungover or yeah. I was whatever." <laughs> you know, I got right. bad news for everybody, all of us who think we're so people of the world. The uh-huh. vast majority of the population of the earth that pretty much is not really paying attention to what's going on. Yeah. They're concerned with getting through their day yep. and figuring out what they got to do next. And yep. like, that's real. Like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just to, like completely missed the fact that aliens have landed. Yeah, I was like, I, I don't know. I was asleep. I, yeah, I, slept I was, I was on holiday. Yeah. 
So, so I like that though. I mean, it was really good. But again, good yeah. t- testament to the performance. This is a great performance. And yeah, another great performance in that episode, though I have to say, is the uh, is the actress who played the the Queen of the Rachnos. Oh, so yes. If I, if I had her name, uh, Sarah Parrish. Wow, talk about like you get a job, Doctor Who. You're going to be a huge villain, and we're going to throw every possible thing at you to make your performance more difficult. Yes, <laughs> it's like oh man, like she's like at the table read going. This is going to be great. I could say these big villain lines and wahaha. It's like okay, we're going to put you in makeup. You're going to cover your entire face, put you in a headpiece with moving parts on it. So it's going to be the whirring on your head, cover your ears. We're going to put things in your mouth. Yeah. Uh, we're going to, we're going to cover your entire body. You can't use your hands and we're going to strap you to a scissor lift that we're going to build a spider body around and go. Yeah. No, I, you know what? <laughs> and she kills she it. She does. It's, it's, and it's, and it's, and it's just the right amount of campy over yeah. the top overacting. But the thing that even got me what well, you mentioned this. The makeup is spectacular. Yeah, it is amazing. And the eyes that actually, all the eyes around her on the headpiece that actually blink. I mean, I'm like, okay, this is, yeah, they, that was awesome. Totally yeah, cool. So it, it literally is on a scissor lift behind it. So if you ever see the full oh, body right, thing, right. That, none of that is CGI. That, they built that thing around this lift. And then there's somebody off stage lifting her up and dropping her back down. Right. Oh, wow. So it's like, it's like almost like she's on a ride while she's performing because <laughs> she has no control over when she's going up and down. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Well, the, so, well the, and the other thing that surprised me, too, is um, – and the story is, look, I mean, it's very funny. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. filled with humor. It's yep. a little scary, obviously. Doctor, you want a segue? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's. I totally get. Oh yeah, the the segue part is funny. Uh-huh. Um, the okay, I was surprised too. Is the TARDIS uh, highway chase scene? Yeah, looks, they've never done that before. Wait, they've never done that before. It's absurd, yes. wonderful, exciting. And for the special effects of the time, yeah. looks amazing. Still, it does it really does? And one of the, my favorite bits in that is is while the stuff is going on, the kids in yes. the stand in front watching it and, and cheering, just silently cheering, and yeah. cheering. So great! I mean, totally loved it. That was no, that was awesome. I, uh, you know, I just think I think kind of when I was finished up with it, I was like, wow. You know, I mean, I have questions like. So it's canon that these these creatures were the start of the earth. Like, right. Know, what happened yeah, to the hole? Did they fill uh-huh. the hole in? Like, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, well, how did they put the water back in the Thames? Yeah, but yeah, at a certain point, you just kind of have to go, eh. all right, all right. <laughs> He's the doctor. He'll figure it out. No, I, I really think I loved it. I thought it was entertaining. Great acting. I mean, again, great effects. I was totally enthralled. I thought it's funny that they brought back the Santa's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just they're scary. They're like, yeah, we have them around. We have, exactly. Yeah, and they still don't really explain what the no. thing is. It's like, okay. They're, they're just like, hanging they're out apparently. Thing. And that's just crazy. But you know what? It's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Callback to, to, you know, the previous, the previous Christmas specials. Yep. Um, An- another terrible mother. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> um, no, I, you know what? It, it was, it was definitely well done. I enjoy, I had fun. I enjoyed yep. it, but I do just, I, they, boy, they're really, laying on the doctor's affection for Rose. Oh yeah. Really yeah he, he's very much heartbroken at this point, very much in, uh, in the rebound mode of like, like, Oh, I don't know what I can do. And like what she's gone. And, and we still and, want to talk to Don't even oh, say her name. Well, no, and we, and we get that at the end when he basically takes out all the baby spiders. You're right. We get yeah, that the, dark get side that, of the doctor. Yeah. That vengeful God. Thing. Oh gotta, yeah. Like that here. So to, I think this is when he's uh, uh, confronting the Empress of the Rachnos. 
Let me play that. Noble forms are not necessary. My children may feast on Martin flesh. Oh, but I'm not from Mars. Then where? My home planet is far away and long since gone. But his name lives on. Gallifrey. I warned you. You did this. No! No! Don't! You can see the very much the vengeful god part of it where he's just standing. And even later on when Donna says, you stood there, you know, <laughs> looking down on them as, as, her, as, these, as these creatures were killed. Right. He also has uh, actually one of my favorite lines of this season um, early on when he takes uh, Donna out to see the, you know, basically the universe. Mm-hmm. The humans bring order to the chaos. That's what that's what makes us special. That's what makes us unique. Yeah. Um. Really great line. I love that. Like, yeah. I, I thought that was a really neat. That was a that was a neat scene in the in the show. So one of my favorite turns of phrases they had to. I I I, I didn't quite grab it for the the thing. It was um, and he's trying to make her the empress show herself. And like, oh come on, show yourself. No one. Um, only a madman talks to thin air, and you don't want to make me mad. Oh, it was yeah. like, ooh, I like that. Just take the thing and twist it just a little bit. And also, it turns out that uh, in his suit, his pockets are bigger on the inside. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> and did you rec- did you see uh, in in that controller that the it's actually a modified wave bird from the GameCube? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I did think that was <laughs> very add funny. all this lights and stuff onto it. But I was like, at the at the, at the base when they showed it from behind, I was like, oh, I had one of those. I played a lot of Smash Brothers on that. That's great. Uh, so this is like you were talking about with the, all the merchandise. This is sort of the beginning of when Doctor Who was. At, uh, be- was becoming an empire that would be beyond just like a show that was popular. It was spawning out. So by the time that runaway bride aired, the first season of Torchwood had just finished airing or was just about finished. Like it only had like an episode or two. Oh, they, okay. they got to in January. Uh, and then right about the time that the first episode of this season aired, uh, the first episode of the Sarah Jane adventures had aired too. So like they were already doing their spinoffs and, and auxiliary shows and stuff too. And, and like, and the merch was at an all time high. So like they were, it was very much of a booming business that'll be running for the next couple of seasons oh, before it sort of contracts a little. Right. So yeah, so then Donna says no. She says doesn't want to be a companion and shuffles off. And as far as everyone knew, that was it. She did her one cameo appearance, and she was and she was done. Uh, and so then the doctor moves on. And so then the next episode we get to see uh, is Smith and Jones, also known as. So I have two. First one is the Sixth Element Mangalore Evolution. <laughs> because I couldn't get past. Oh well, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Or Scrubs. <laughs> well he can't do it all on his own i mean it literally it has the total scrubs vibe like i was waiting to see um you know the characters like come out at the beginning when they're like doing their rounds and the and the the medical instructors being very moody and i was like this is a scrubs episode what's going on here it was it was really good i here's the thing uh i had this like wow i mean thank god for martha i love martha I agree. I think I think she is fantastic. Like right from the start, uh, the doctor sees something in her too. And also, there's an interesting little uh, timey wimey thing of like he takes special notice of her because she says that she saw him on the street when he takes his tie off. And then later on, he goes, "Oh, I'll prove it's a time machine." And he travels back and shows oh, it to right. her. But would he have noticed her that much if he hadn't? 
<laughs> it's oh, that yeah, it's chicken a, egg, you know, yeah. time travel thing. It was like, oh, that's interesting. The, the, but yeah, but he knows she uh, from the start. He sees that she's smart, that she's thinking about things like the the, the when the air, um, like well, we if, if there's no uh, the the windows aren't going to keep in the air, it would have all been sucked out already. So you know, he, and he's like, oh hey, she's paying attention. Well, and she passes the the entrance exam, which is you know we might die, and she replies, we might not. <laughs> like that's all he needs to hear right that's like right. okay we're in like i love that and i love the fact that okay so this i'll say this even now because i lo- i love her i love that she's mm-hmm. smart i love yep. that she is more of a foil than a you know a, a bit of a feeble companion like going what's going on yeah yeah it changes a little bit throughout the season which it i find does. a little annoying yeah um it it made me wish that she would just go full clara oh yeah and, yeah. for the, and from that's a reference, obviously, to a yeah. later later companion we'll talk about later right. um, in the next couple of episodes. But like she's right on the cusp of being mm-hmm. the full on like challenging him and being yeah. there and being able to take charge because she's smart. She's super intelligent. Like, mm-hmm. I and love the, it. Yeah, and you're right. And then later as the season goes, they, they, they sort of more pivot her into the 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 rebound girl. Yes. It becomes more and more about, oh, I'm jealous of Rose. Oh, well, I've got to talk oh. about Rose. Oh, of course she's blonde. I mean, no, like, and it's, like, yes. And it oh, gets really? really, they reduce her character. I don't know yeah. why that happens, but it's crazy. The other thing, you know, to mention is, I, I, and I think this is correct. She, the point of note for the, for her as a character, which one, I think mm-hmm. she's just wonderful. She is the first um, non-white companion, right? I believe so. Yeah. Which I thought was a big deal, which which was a which was obviously sad to say. We were literally yeah, talking exactly. about it's like it's a big had, deal. We had to get to two thousand yeah. two thousand six, two thousand seven, whatever we are. Exactly right. I mean that seems that seems crazy. And you know, I, I bring that up only because one of the other things that came out of Comic Con was Chibnall was uh, Chris Chibnall had said. Uh, I think the quote I heard was was that if you know Doctor Who should be the most inclusive show on television. Yeah, for what it's set, for what it does, what it's about, where it's going. That should always be the case. And I think that's great. And and it just reminded me kind of watching these episodes in the last week or so. Yeah, I mean, that that had to be that had to be great for, I think, a oh, lot of people. Well, I guess I guess as I'm, I'm just doing some quick Googling while you're, you're talking to, I guess if you count Mickey, Mickey would have been the first non-white companion, even though you only did a, a couple of trips. Oh, true. But oh, as a right. full time companion, full time companion, full season. Say, right, right, right. Yeah, I would say. Gotcha. Oh, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, I should have. Yeah. Yeah, Nikki I, 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 yeah, once again, I didn't think about it until then too. So just I forget about I forget about oh. Nikki. I'll I'll right. like him. I like him better when he shows up one one more time. Like nine, you forget about Mickey. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot about him. So my whole my whole joke was I mean, I like this episode. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really I think it's a really solid episode. It's a good way of introducing her. I like the Jadoon. I, I like the idea of a, a bureaucratic um police force for hire. I, I wish that they had pushed the design a little farther. Like I, Doctor Who tends to do this where they're just like, they're space rhinos. And you go, yeah, but could you make them like kind of like rhinos as opposed to like a full on rhino well, head? And, and, and as I would joke with my title, it yeah. all I saw were the Mangalores from the fifth element. Yeah. <laughs> with how the, they sound, the how they acted. The, like, yeah. okay, I got it. Um, so I thought that was good. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously a little crazy too. The 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 crazy patient lady with her straw and, yes, and her motorcycle yeah. goons. Like that was all crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Slabs. I was like, no, the leather all the way through. What? Uh, okay. Yeah. okay. You know, I mean, I mean, no, I really, I love the setup of Martha. 
Yeah. You need a henchman who can be easily dispatched without us being upset about it. Exactly. Um, and I love her. And again, you know, I mean, like, I think the one quote I really loved was, is like when he, t- when he says that he's the doctor and she's mm-hmm. like, you have to earn that title. Yeah. <laughs> just again, I like the setup. It was a kind of a fun romp, a little too fifth element for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. And okay, here's a question. So uh-huh. why, what was the point of him, of the Sonic getting destroyed? I don't know because it's immediately replaced. Like I that thought, like, seemed totally weird. Like, yeah, it's like, oh, okay, but the, I guess maybe they wanted to have a slight redesign from because he was still carrying nines, right? Sonic, and it said, but, but I mean, I, I, I've seen both of them that they've done the, the models on it. They're almost identical. Yeah, like, that's weird. Maybe I thought like the the wire at the top or something is a little bit different. Right. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not. I mean, for when you go from. 10 Sonic to 11 Sonic. It's right. a huge difference. And now right. it seems to be that's a recurring thing too. When a, when a doctor regenerates, he gets a new Sonic, which I'm totally fine with. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. Uh, so a couple of notes I had. Uh, let's see. I like the fact that they acknowledge the fact that, that the actress was in the last season. That she says that I had oh, a cousin yeah. who died at Canary Wharf. It's like, oh, that was nice because she played a, a different role. Right, right. And a way of sort of like, you know, Doctor Doctor has 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 been become notorious for reusing uh, cast members, as we'll see very much in the next season. Right. But that was a nice little way of of like saying, like, yeah, we know, but now eh, what are you going to do? Also, at one point, uh, Martha makes a joke about if he had uh, after seeing about the sonic screwdriver, if he had a laser spanner, and he said it was uh, Emil Emmeline Panker stole it. I looked, I had looked that up. She was a British suffragette. So she was the uh, Susan B. Anthony of uh, England. Oh, okay. So like, see, like the, another little historical nod of like that. That story can still be told at some point. I thought that was a nice little, uh, nice little uh, nod. So yeah, but I thought another really good. And then and then he uh, sort of gets Rose the same way he gets. See, she gets Martha the same way he got Rose. And like, well, I know you got a family and you don't want to be gone for too long, but. It's a time machine too. <laughs> we could just shut off and be right back. But, but now that time. came off as super reboundy for me. Yeah. As 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 we'll see a lot of other things do too. Like, mm, yeah. Okay. A little creepy, but that's all right. Whatever. Yeah. He started trying to recreate the same thing too. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll get into that. But at this point, it's just still like, you know, full gung ho, the med student Martha. Right. So then we go into uh, the next episode, one of my absolute favorite episodes of all time, <laughs> The Shakespeare Code, a.k.a. Okay, so now this one was easy. Well, this one was too easy. The Witches, uh-huh. of, the witches of East London, right? Oh, yeah. so because, <laughs> yeah, sure. because the Witches of Eastwick, but, but no, no, no. I got a better one. Okay. Hocus Pocus 2, Quotus the Mostus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I love I they they he really leaned into the Shakespeare stuff with this and I oh, love it. Oh my There's god. So many references and in jokes and oh god, it's great. Well, and just the whole concept of the three witches, yeah. like Macbeth. I mean, just the whole yeah. thing is like, okay, this is it's I had the first thing I had when I watched this was a fun historical period piece yes. that made me laugh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The Carrionites are great. They're the a a society who uses words the same way that we use math like oh what a cool idea of like twisting that around and how right. like that's how they do their quote-unquote spells but you still have cackling witches riding on broomsticks and you know and devouring men and stuff i mean <laughs> and and shakespeare himself is great oh, yeah. uh, i like we see the first person who uh on psychic paper he's too smart for psychic paper right so he doesn't actually see it at all 
Um, uh, a, a shout out to Fredonia. That's where he says Martha's from. A nice little Marx Brothers homage there. Yeah, and, and and the fact that the only way to defeat them is to deliver a Shakespearean soliloquy. Awesome. That's beautiful. That's that's the that's the audio I have. Let's let's play that. Trust yourself. When you're locked away in your room, the words just come. They're like magic. Words of the right sound, the right shape, the right rhythm. Words that last forever. That's what you do, Will. You choose perfect words. Do it. Improvise. Close up this din of hateful dire decay. Decomposition of your witch's plot. You thieve my brains, consider me your toy. My dirty doctor tells me I am not. No! some and some direct Harry Potter references in this uh, one. several that are very yeah. funny and just very well timed I at this point tenant had already played a role in one of the uh Harry Potter movies so that was a nice little thing too of like hey I was in that um I think I think book five had come out at this point and they already were making the well into making the movies uh but you know the the last books hadn't come out so when he makes the reference to oh you're gonna cry when you get to book seven it was just sort of one of those well yeah, assume we probably course, will. assuming that's going to happen. But yeah, I think, and then, and then at the last thing, they they uh, throw out a little, I don't know, a little story a teaser Easter thing that won't get answered for years. Queen Elizabeth, why does Queen oh, Elizabeth hate the Doctor? Yes. They just put that out there, and it remained untouched all the way until the fiftieth anniversary. That's hilarious. Yes, absolutely. That was awesome. So you know, the only two things I had on this was, I mean, other than being a very enjoyable, very well written. Yes. Very witty episode is. Yeah, Martha's right on it. In this oh, one. Martha. I mean, no, this one, I just love it. Um, okay, the the actress who plays the main witch, mm-hmm. re- I, for whatever reason, I was like, wow, what a phenomenal, this could have gone way campy, which is my Hocus Pocus reference. Yeah. And it doesn't. She delivers her lines believably, sinisterly. She just was awesome. Like, I. Christina Cole is her name. Oh, she's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic in the episode. My only negative part is, wow, once again, we're we're diving into this. Okay, when he has the, there's there's nothing like looking into the eyes of your new girl, lamenting how perfect your old girl was. Uh (laughs) And that scene where he does that. Clueless about it. Oh, oh, my God, dude. I mean, and I mean, obviously, it's intentionally meant to be that way because it's to show how aloof he is. But, but my God, he's a dork. <laughs> and you feel for Martha because Martha, this is where I think it kind of, mm, you know, you just, you st- you're setting up again. I want Martha to stay strong and, and, you know, and yeah, she might really be falling for him, but. Yeah. Oh God! It's just it, that's the only part of it that I'm not happy with with the season. So the actress had has done a bunch of work. She's been mostly in England uh, working, but I guess she did a long run on Suits, which I did not see. Oh, uh, who's that? The uh, the actor, yeah, Christina Cole who played oh, cool. in this one. So she, yeah, I like I see her, and she was also uh, in Casino Royale. I guess a very small oh. part, uh, and she was in one of my um, guilty pleasures, a a wonderful slash terrible movie called 
Jupiter Ascending, which I never saw and I wanted to see. Oh, yeah, it's it's it's. I, I recommend anyone who who can appreciate a good bad movie go oh, to. Oh, all right. It's the Wachowskis at their most Wachowski-ish. In, okay, there we go. Yeah. So, all right. So that's that was. Yeah, I, I love Shakespeare Code. I, I was. It was a joy to watch it again. It still holds up. Yes. I think it's. I think it's one of their best. So move on to Gridlock, aka Falling Down and Up. <laughs> now, if you're wondering what is what, it, what what's funny about that, so Falling Down is this crazy '90s movie starring Michael Douglas. That's right. And he goes insane. It's mm-hmm. I, I don't even know. It's a it's a weird like white rage. Like yeah, yeah right. It like it's weird. And and trust me, I'm not like it's just it's it's a it, it it's an uncomfortable movie for a lot of reasons, yeah. right? But it starts off with him losing his mind in traffic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which I mean, like, okay, so that's immediately what I thought of. I saw this, but then I love the juxtaposition of that. Which this episode I found so unique, so yeah. interesting. It then yeah. goes like in the upside of like Disney's Pixar's Up, like <laughs> right. It's so crazy, and this was I think this was maybe my favorite. Believe it or not, my favorite episode of the season. Oh wow! I say I, I would I would not I won't I won't quibble that because I was surprised at how good it was because yes. I, I sort of in my memory I had thought of it as as just being like oh yeah it's the traffic one they're in cars and whatever and I watched it again and I was like there's a lot going yes. on yes like he really is like dealing with multiple levels of storytelling too because it's about not only about it's like you know the idea started out as uh, what if everyone was stuck in traffic for 20 years and then just go from there but it's like you add in like the return of an old Doctor Who monster and then you have the mystery of what's going on and the people living in cars and the, the society up above and the face of Bo and like there's all this stuff uh, and it should not work but it, somehow he manages to bring it all together and ends with a hymn and and you're like, yeah, yes. all right. <laughs> yes. Like, no joke. Like, I literally was like, wow, this had yeah. everything. I mean, social yeah. commentary on yep. multiple social issues. Like, yeah. This, I'm, I, wow. I had not seen yeah. this episode before. This was totally, and, and actually the only part of this episode I had seen, I take that back, is that final scene, because there's the whole thing with the, oh, with the face of Bo, sure. that yeah. is obviously interesting and say it's just and we Major get into that final message. Yeah. yeah it's but i'll tell you i loved this i you know and at first i was like oh we're going back to new new york i'm like okay uh-huh. no like, uh, gonna come back yeah again? totally <laughs> get around that um i love the you know you know i thought this was really interesting that beautiful moment where they the the abide with me which is if you uh-huh. don't know is a very uh well-known christian hymn that is mostly played at funerals that's what it's 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 a it's a song of mourning and wow i mean it's so moving when it's it's done and that end i will tell you this like okay so so basically at the end of the you know you've seen this one tenant has Mm -hmm. this moment where he's like okay i'm gonna tell i'm gonna tell martha my story Uh i've got it oh oh, i'm right with you there you go there was a war a time war the last great time war my people fought a race called the Daleks for the sake of all creation, and they lost. They lost. Everyone lost. They're all gone now. My family, my friends, even that sky. 
And from there, he and then he gets really poetic about like his fond reminiscence of it. He talks about the scenes of two, and, and just has a and it, it fades away, and like the hymn goes up as, as when you uh, uh, his okay tenant tenant Scott chops. He yeah. this is I I mean wow. I, in fact, I don't think there's a couple moments in Matt Smith's time, definitely some moments mm-hmm. in Capaldi's time where you just marvel at the acting ability of the person playing the doctor. Yeah, that is what the one thing that is big in in this whole season really is that they they they've got their rhythm down that they can take a moment. Yes, that's not necessarily by the CG or the makeup or something huge or leaping through the air or uh, you know riding a horse through a mirror. I mean, like there's all these, but they can just let they can just stop for a minute and just let an actor act. Right, and and we're just as enthralled. Love it, absolutely great. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's and this at the time too. I remember watching this like leaning forward because anything we could learn about the time war. I mean, like, oh, right. we they they were because there's they were so sparse about any detail. So anytime he talked about it, it was like shut up, everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's about to tell us something. What's going on? Right, right. And then yeah. and then we get the one of the big uh, big um, moments of uh, mm-hmm. the face of Bo. Yeah, in his death, reveals a final secret. That's right. You are not alone. Um, oh yeah, it's also the the arc uh, word for for this whole season is Mister Saxon. Yes. So, oh yes. But the, I say the secondary one would probably be You Are Not Alone. But Mister Saxon has already been mentioned a couple of times. I forgot to to, to mention that. But Mister Saxon has already been mentioned a couple of times too, and we didn't know why. He was even mentioned last season too. They were because they already were building towards this. Um, but yeah, there's that's that, that's going to lead into. And the other thing that's nice about this is that each thing he's he's doing he's Russell T. Davis has gotten much better about the breadcrumbs because there's little pieces all the way through here that you don't know are important until they show back up again. So it's not like a big bad wolf thing. It's like you know, spray paint on the side of a building. So it's like these little subtle things that they add in, like like Facebook saying you're not alone. What does that mean? Does it mean I have a companion? Does it mean that people like me? I, I don't know. And then that becomes big later. The watch becomes big later. Like all these things, wanting to live forever. I mean, like all these things end up adding up to a major reveal search of the end more than just like quietly having words written on a wall. And I'm curious, is that because obviously seeing that really work in this season, is mm-hmm. that a Russell? Is that, is that, was he really known for that or did that, did, does it happen? Not until this point. Oh, really? Cause this is very Moffat. I mean, he did it. He did. Yeah. He, yeah. It is very, it is a very Moffat thing right. to do. It, he started doing it uh, in, you know, with, with bad wolf. Uh, and just and sort of trying it out, and you can see him like that first season, sort of like adding it in, just sort of as a throwaway thing. But now, oh, no, here, now it's a he's, he's doing like right. not only the words, but also themes, ideas, and plot things that he's layering in early on that are going to pay off huge. Right. I think this season probably might be the best example of that too, of like all these things he casually puts uh, aside that you don't know are going to be. It's like, oh, that's clever, and then all of a sudden at the end, it becomes a hugely important part of the the big finale. Gotcha. So we move on to our first two parter and. <laughs> Daleks in Manhattan and Evolution of the Dalek, a.k.a. Okay, so D- Daleks take Manhattan. The Amazing Spider-Man meets the fly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I And I'm going to tell you, as you can already tell in the tone of my voice, not a huge fan of this. This two bar. Yeah, this is this is the uh, this is this gets uh, my two bugaboos about uh, Doctor Who. Um, they get an unnecessary two parter and another Dalek oh, thing, oh. and they put it together, and it's like uh, okay, and and, and and what is the weird pig obsession? Okay, like, no. again with well, the pig. Well, no. And here's the you know the funny part. So Daleks take Manhattan, right? Okay, Amazing Spider-Man meets the Fly. Evolution yep. of the Daleks. 
This one, okay, and I almost I almost don't even want to impugn the movie that I'm about to to paint with this, <laughs> but I wanted to call it the Iron Dialect. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. I see. What you're, I see what you're but saying, yeah. but amusingly, they give their own alternate title in the episode Ooh. for Evolution of the Dialects: Ooh. The Pig and the Showgirl. <laughs> that is exactly it. The pig and the good showgirl. lord. And listen, if you, I mean, think about it. The pig and the showgirl. You should walk away now. That's true. I say if, if anything of this season that you could easily snip, snip and excise and not have any problems, yeah, it'd be this. I mean, like, sure, there's the the, the one the one surviving Dalek, you know, does uh, return eventually. Um, uh, but the rest of it, like Daleks in 1920s New York. OK, like I can see that. And like and you can see that it's interesting that he you talk about see, We talk about some of the social stuff he did so well in gridlock and they're trying to like bring up the social inequalities and the rich and poor stuff in this and boy it just doesn't work wait, wait not only does it not work is okay so he has me at the beginning of dialects take manhattan solomon who's the you know the head of uh, hoover hooverville or whatever it is right um yeah first of all i'm like wow uh, this is a really cool period piece that's that's talking about a time of history that a lot of people don't really understand the extent of suffering mm-hmm. and things like that and he has that great moment where Solomon goes, he looks at the doctor and he says, tell me how we can live in a world where we all have to live in this park eating scraps and they're, and we're building that building. Um, awesome Ooh. moment that I was like, wow, I can't wait to see where this goes. And that's the last moment of coolness I had for two episodes. <laughs> yeah. Like it goes downhill from there <sighs> yeah. where you're like, what is going on? And you know, and it just becomes a guy with a squid thing on his oh, head. Oh, like, and it's, it's like, the fly. I mean, like, yeah, like fly, yeah. well, and, and of course, okay, if you haven't, people are like, what the hell is he talking about? Amazing Spider-Man meets the fly. Andrew Garfield mm-hmm. plays an actual <laughs> fairly large role, a young Andrew Garfield. Yeah. And so it just made me laugh. Like, wow, I didn't know he was in this, right? Hey, yeah. It's always interesting when you see those faces. You're like, oh. Doing doing a, a 1920s American accent, uh-huh. <laughs> which is really funny. <laughs> no, and then and then they do this whole fly thing where, oh, my God, it was just weird and yeah. crazy and just, oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was written by a woman named Helen Rayner. I was just looking her up, too, because I, I had not uh, looked her up before. She was the first woman to ever write a Dalek episode. So, you know, good on her. And also the first woman to write a Centauran episode, which will come down later in the later in the series. Um, but it's like, yeah, I think she was a much better script editor than writer. Yeah, and, and you know what? And even the little things like, okay, well, like one moment that I actually thought was cool. Kudos to the special effects department. The mm-hmm. Dalek, yeah, the Daleks look good. Oh, yeah, the, Di- the Daleks are good, and the Dalek sec. Now, okay, although the the makeup and the weird moving tentacles is weird. Yeah. When he yeah. gets killed, um, and there's the the lighting effect. Oh yes. Okay. Yes. So, w- what a cool thing! And I'm gonna I'm gonna use a Star Wars reference in Return uh-huh. of the Jedi when Vader gets electrocuted by the Emperor as he's picking him up and throws him off the cliff at the end of Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Spoilers, in case you didn't know that. <laughs> the special effects department <laughs> did it, did an amazing job with. You can yes. actually, if you stop the moment when they, when mm-hmm. it, when you can see the inside, like an x-ray um, effect of Vader, you mm-hmm. see the bones and then you see the mechanical parts that were added to him when he be- went from Anakin to Darth Vader. Yeah. When the Dalek sack, they, I mean, they actually recreated a single ocular socket skull and yeah. it's very cool. Like I was like, it was really cool. I watched that again too. I just, uh, that last, cause I was, I was trying to see if there was a, uh, 
uh, any good, like the the doctor's sort of speech at the end, like when he's trying to convince him and stuff too, and I was doing it, and eh, it wasn't really that. I, I, I pulled no audio from that, but I, saw, I thought the exact same thing when I saw that that effect again. It was like, oh man, that is really, really cool how they have like the elongated skull with the single yes. eye thing. It, it's just flashing just for a couple seconds. So shout out to their uh, their visual effects department. You guys did a, it was a nice little thing that uh, I want you to know that we did. Yes, no, that was that was a saving saving grace for I yeah. just and I, I yeah, still don't understand how did the lightning not kill him and the Time Lord DNA and the humans win yeah. and emergency temporal shifts and I like, right. I can't yeah uh, yeah dalek khan is the one he he escapes and he eventually will come back again i mean it's like i kind of am mildly interested in in sort of the cult of scarrow and how the their changes up too but like boy this should have been one episode oh if, no reason it should have split into two yeah. but it's just because they're daleks yeah, let's go on but yeah see this is again the, the, it, this is hitting almost the same trajectory as the last yes. season, which is where we're top heavy with good stuff, and then we hit a two parter and clunk, we stumble, and then it's just clunk, 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 and then all of a sudden pick ourselves back up again. Because we're completely agree. We're, we're about to hit another run of <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> so and again and again, this is what's great about that is that that tenant is and and Martha. Our, our fantasy, I'm interchanging the character and actors again. Um, Freema and Tenet are fantastic yes. uh, all the way through. They're 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 so good. They they have their characters. Like we talked a little bit about Martha thing, but like that that I feel like they're diminishing her as the season goes on. Um, but they are so good already as a unit. Like they're functioning very very differently. Even though Doctor is you know spend you know doing his melancholy staring off into middle distance stuff. Rose, rose. But they are really really good in all the episodes that aren't. I totally agree. No, I, to- I and, and honestly, that's a credit to them. And it's yeah. what kept the show moving, even though you're you're saddled with I don't understand what happened with some of these stories. Right. So we get so in the next episode we get actually to see more of of the Jones family, uh, the the rest of her family, uh, as she gets uh, a call for a doctor drops her off and it's it gets a call home because uh, they're going to witness the Lazarus experiment, aka the curious case of the Scorpion King. <laughs> Oh man, I want that on a shirt now. Now, 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 here's what, okay, now, I I, I feel like I have to explain, right? But just in case anyone doesn't know, the curious case of Benjamin Button, of course, right? And the Scorpion King, because if you don't know what the Scorpion King is, it was a mummy sort of sequel, one of the first movies starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And it had the worst special effects ever of merging a human face onto something. Yes, the mummy returns, has the rock as a human scorpion hybrid thing at the end and it's still like even for the time it was bad oh. but go watch it now i every time anyone ever brings up bad cgi and like oh this you know this uh in in it man it was bad cgi i just put a, post a picture of that yeah that's all because he doesn't it's completely self-explanatory it's terrible uh and and this is really i gotta say it is a pretty scary monster for being a doctor who i guess <laughs> You know, like this big scorpion thing with his face on there. And, it's, and clearly they had no idea what it was going to look like because there's no comment of, of, you know, it's like sort of what it was. And I'll tell you, all I got from this episode was you're continuing the the Harold Saxon, you know, yes. the thing. <laughs> and the only other thing I had in here was, okay, so they're rela- the doctor and Martha, it gets their, uh-huh. their, their, their relationship starts to get weird. Yeah. Right. Like, let me just say something. 
the scene where they're in the chamber and uh-huh. he has the screwdriver and he just sort of goes down. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, it's a little bit like, uh-huh. like, you see the look on her face like, I don't even know uh-huh. what's happening now. Yeah. <laughs> then, he compliments her shoes at that moment. It, got like, weird. it, gets, this, it gets weird. <laughs> Uh, as Lazarus, you have we have Mark Gaddis, a, a occasional Doctor Who writer who wrote uh, Idiot's Lantern in the in the first in the first season, uh, series one, uh, and also is one of the co-creators of uh, Sherlock. Uh, here, just acting. This is like right. it's just a pure acting job for him. Um, but yeah, it, it it's interesting, I guess, in that it's all human. There's no alien stuff in this at all. It's all just uh, you know humans being humans and doing terrible things with science. Right. Eh. Mm. <laughs> like eh, he's a sonic screwdriver he plays a note on the organ and, yeah okay. nah right. mm. yeah no not much worth to say then we move on to 42 aka sunshine oh yeah Be- that's pretty much because it. that's pretty much what this is <laughs> what it is yeah in fact <laughs> so- did you know okay this is definitely a moment if you don't know what that is it's a sunshine was a movie that came out about a ship that was going to fall into the sun I believe that was Danny Boyle. Yes, Danny Boyle. When this came out, this was an incident of, from what I understand, an incident of like Armageddon and Deep Impact, where two two things coming out really oh. close to the same time that yeah. have very similar plot lines. And apparently, the pen, what's the name of the ship? The SS Pentalion? Uh, yeah, I think Originally, so. I it was to be called the Icarus. Oh. <laughs> and they literally had to change the name because when they heard about the movie Sunshine... They're like, yeah, we probably should change this. So this episode is actually written by the current showrunner of Doctor Who, Chris Chibnall. Oh, I, I yeah. can't even miss that on the opening. Yeah. Oh, wow. And obviously, obviously, yeah, you were talking about the what's popular at the time. Clearly a reference to 24. Because 24 oh, right. was what's at its, its its peak at this point. Um, it had a couple, couple seasons on our belt, and this is when it was very much permeated the popular culture. So they wanted to try and do a real-time episode. Gotcha. You know, to, to try and do like to for, he has forty two minutes to save the the ship, or whatever. And it, it's they fudge it a little bit because obviously sure. there's commercials and that kind of stuff too. But and but you know it's it's interesting experiment in terms of like trying to do it. But yeah, it is it is pretty much sunshine, except it turns out that there actually is a alien thing as opposed to just some weird scorched dude. Well, it's the it's the greet. Oh, spoilers! Spoilers for sunshine, which I do not recommend watching. Oh yeah, no, but, no, absolutely. <laughs> oh no, I should have said that. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah I, I should have even said movie. that. It's it's it's. Great acting. It's it's really good design, but right. boy, the story just completely falls apart. It's and apo- uh, apologies to Danny Boyle. Yeah, apologies to Danny Boyle. Boyle. Love Danny Boyle. Uh, yeah, and the first Chimel. half, I'd say yes. the first half of Sunshine is a really great movie. And right. then right about the time they 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 sort of they, they take the left turn, it becomes this really bad horror movie. Right. Yeah. Not a fan. No, of that. this uh, and, and this, the same kind of happens with this too. <laughs> this episode well, yeah, said, like, all right, I, I get like trap the doctor on a ship, gonna go into the sun. Someone's killing them. There's a you know, weird burn with me entity on there. Yeah, okay. It's it, it it's it's okay. It, it's the greed ends up hurting a living thing, and drama ensues. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, that, okay, that's a, a very recurring thing in Doctor Who as well. But yeah, it, I mean, it's 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 nothing to, nothing to hate. It's just like yes, that that's that is an episode that happened. Right. So we move on to uh, the next episode, a two parter. Again, really fast after the last one. Human nature and the family of blood. Human nature, aka. Oh, okay. So wait, I put these together because oh, I actually did. I put these together. So, so together, um, two op- two optional titles. Um, Dead Poet Society Two Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> 
Or, and this one, I mean, I got to tell you, I'm actually not saying this in a bad way, but uh, the inner light. Oh, okay. If you're a yes. Star Trek The Next Generation fan, yeah. this okay. is the inner light. That's very true. That is very true. Wow, I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. It totally is. Huh. Yeah. So there we go. Again, another Instead two-parter of- that should not have been a two-parter. No, like, absolutely not. Like I, 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 I got mad respect for Paul Cornell. This is actually a story that he had written um, for something for a different doctor, essentially. And they, they like, oh, this, we love this story, and so they took the story and they expanded it out and added some other stuff into it and made it there. But boy, did it not to be two episodes. Like I get it. Like and, and it gives Tennant a nice chance to to shine. Like he really gets to be the inner light is a very good uh, pull. I hadn't thought about that, but. To, to show a different version of the doctor, like a, a just as you know, Professor John Smith or whatever, to see him live out his life as a mortal and what that would have been like, and almost that we we then mourn him when he dies, uh, when the doctor sort of comes back over. It's sort of like, oh, <laughs> I honestly think I, you know, that look at, I mean, it's interesting mm-hmm. in some ways, really cool. The Journal of Impossible Things. Yeah. Yeah. Is really a neat for 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 classic Who fans because you get to see a little bit a little bit more of that teaser for old for old fans of the show. Yeah, um, that's cool. There were some good moments, you know, Martha getting her perspective on having compassion for these bratty schoolboys, yeah. knowing that a lot of them are going to die, and you know that was kind of cool. I still don't get the whole DNA rewriter and that. Yeah. Uh, wa- and, and, uh, okay, yeah, whatever. No, the, the, the watch which ends up becoming hugely important later on. And um, I, I did. I did like the twist though when they get to the to the end that that it wasn't that he wasn't hiding because he was scared of them. <laughs> right, right. He was hiding because of the terrible, terrible things he would do to them, and it was like, oh, that was the, we could see after this this light, charming, you know. English period drama thing, we get to see a real dark side of the doctor. Oh yeah. Well, and especially considering, considering that he basically puts them on posts and yeah. dresses them up at scarecrows at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I, it, this really seemed like, you know, I, and again, not no, I don't know this, but this almost seemed like David Tennant was like, look, I want to act. Yeah. You know, give me a couple episodes where I can just act. Yeah. Really low on special effects, really low yep. on the monsters. I mean, we've got the scarecrows and you know the family are just basically just people just like sort of preening. Well, and uh, you know what made me laugh was – well, for, and the red balloons. I mean if yeah. you've you know, you seen it, like that was right. just a funny thing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, there's one scene. I think it's at the end of Human Nature where they show up at the party or yes. the room, you know. And I – okay, this is like one of the funniest just weird moments that I don't – I've just made me laugh was – the large guy walks in and he just throw downs, throws down the coat rack. Like, <laughs> I'll show you, you people. This is what's going to happen to you. And it was like, dude, what? Like, <laughs> what did that coat rack do to you? And it's a coat rack. What's the problem? Like, just a weird, funny moment that <laughs> totally made me laugh. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I guess the only thing is, oh, I will say. They did amazing. This will come off in another couple minutes here. We'll talk about this. Great old tenant makeup. Oh, yeah. 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 They, Much better than what you're going to see come later. <laughs> it's true. I don't know if they had a different person or whatever, but yeah. They should have hired that person because that was awesome. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, I don't know. It was just, it was an interesting episode. I totally agree. It shouldn't have been two up two things. And the inner light. I mean, just that is kind of a cool part of it. I think that was really well done. Um, and the ending is beautiful. Yeah. The ending of, of the family of blood actually was very touching. I agree. I, and, and he, they do do a nice job of 
hitting the emotional beats. I mean, it really is an, is an emotional kind of episode. It's just I feel like it went on too long. Uh, and even oh, yeah. D. Davies said he thought it was too dark too. The ending of the oh really imprisoning these people and doing that. He like you know it's like give yeah, the shorter. I think but maybe it was like after the fact or whatever. A couple of notes I, I had the there was a a nice callback to the the first appearance of the doctor of of the tenth doctor with Rose, uh, where she asks, "Can you change back?" And he says, "Would you like me to?" And says, yes, I can't. Ah, that was the same thing. Yeah. He had Rose ask that same question, and he had the same answer. And then uh, a, a nice little, uh, a, a real pure Doctor Who Easter egg is uh, when he talks about uh, when John Smith talks about his parents. Uh, he na- he names Sydney and Verity. Sydney Verity were the creators of Doctor Who, the Doctor first Who, writer right. and the first producer. Right. I thought I'm like, oh, that's really, that's what very a nice. nice. Thing. Yeah, that's a nice way to do it, but. Yeah, there. Uh, these 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 ones were not. They're, these are not my favorites. I I recognize their quality, but they're not ones that I would consider like quintessential Doctor Who. That if I was a fan, I, I think when I showed I showed these to my daughter, I think when she started when she was eight, I started showing her episodes. I skipped these ones, so I'm like, she's never going to get through them. Oh yeah, way no, these too are... much upstairs, downstairs, and not enough. You know. Oh, I think. Oh, that's enough. That's a good. That's correct. But okay, so we move on to okay, so now we come to it. Now, when you said like your favorite episode of the season was Gridlock, I was like, have you forgotten what's coming? Because <laughs> the next so episode in- is one of the best episodes of Doctor Who, and probably one of the best sci-fi episodes of all time. Uh, highly, widely regarded as as being a great one. The episode known as Blink. Okay, which this is my second favorite. Uh-huh. Um, the title, the title for this though is kind of weird. The Inception Bureau. <laughs> okay all now, right the reason why i went with that is combination of the adjustment bureau and inception yep. there's weird i mean this is yeah. this is beyond i mean we get the great line about the big ball of wibbly wobbly yeah. timey wimey stuff got that yeah, yeah it's massive yeah. massive big ball right yes <laughs> yes there's a lot um it, it's I, like obviously that like, people have devoted you know hours and hours to discussing this i, I don't know we, we're going to eventually add to it because it's it's you know like say everybody is whether it's just an awe of this. What I think is fascinating is this is another one of those throwaway episodes, like we talked about. This is right. this is in the Love and Monsters spot. This is the episode they do because they're going to be doing a in this part in this case a three part episode um, that they're going to use the Doctor and uh, this this thing they can't for Martha. Uh, in this, uh, Martha is is has a whole episode where she's the central focus coming up. So neither of them were, were available. So they had to figure out how to make a Doctor Who story without it. And, and same thing happened with Love and Monsters. And so this was it was given to Stephen Moffat. Now Stephen Moffat was just coming off of his own show. He had just done a miniseries called Jekyll. Jekyll is is great, by the way. If you're a, if you're a Stephen Moffat fan, or even if you just are interested, in that, it is a modern day reinterpretation of the the Jekyll and Hyde story. So like what if that happened now? Well, now being oh, you know, wow. 2006 or 7 whenever it came out. Um uh it, it and it stars oh now I oh, I went up on his name. But he was one of the dwarves uh in the Hobbit one. He was the singing dancing one. Oh, I probably should look it up. Um but he he plays the 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 lead and he's really good because he has to play, you know, two roles and stuff too. And so it's it's like Nowadays, they, with with modern medicine and computers and stuff like how would how could you actually do this Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing? It's a very very smart uh, series. It was really good. Ah, Nesbit, J- Jimmy Nesbit, uh, James Nesbit oh. is the is the actor. I knew I'd get it eventually. So he was coming off of that, and he actually ended up running over, and he was unable to make 
his name, he was supposed to write one of the earlier episodes of the season and he blew his deadline. And so it had to be like, ah, I, I can't, you're going to have to put something else in the slot. And he's like, and as penance, he said, you know what? Let me write the non-Doctor Doctor Who episode. I'll, he's, he literally said, I'll throw myself on that grenade. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> he like, he's like, I'll do that one because like that's the thankless episode. No one's going to like that one. I'm going to do that. And ended up writing this thing and – Oh my God! Like <laughs> he really, I like for, and he says it, it, it was like he had a short amount of time. He just like had to throw something together, and he came up with this, put it together, and then turned it off. And then it ended. And they, they say it was the script that they made the least changes of from first draft to last. Isn't that how it works? Yeah. That's that's the just brilliant. That's awesome. He just like delivered like a perfect gem of a thing that that a Doctor episode with very little Doctor that ends up being one of the best episodes of Doctor Who of all time. But and but and not and so not just him though of course I mean, they got they got freaking Carrie Mulligan as the yeah. lead young actress at the time now Oscar nominee and you know big time actress to really knock it out of the park uh, and it just and and it, it, like looks like maybe two days filming with David Tennant <laughs> like mostly right. just him sitting in front of a thing and recording but it becomes one of the most quintessential uh, moments that everyone refers to and and this is the episode if no one has seen Doctor Who you is completely unlike every other episode of Doctor Who, and yet you can sit them down and show it to them and say, this is kind of what the show is like. Oh, absolutely, right. Yeah. And no, I think it's the fantastic. acting, acting was, she's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, that obviously carries it. I mean, when you can c- grab somebody's attention and you carry it through like that. I thought that was also funny. Like, you know, you've only got 17 DVDs. Uh-huh. Um, that was a very f- <laughs> funny time for those of you who remember those. <laughs> yeah. But I did think it was funny is that when the Doctor, okay, so I always think it's interesting when they have these episodes where where the doctor and the companion just show up and this is this happened in the last one from last season yes. too mm-hmm. how confident they are <laughs> like it's like well wait a minute what's going on like you almost wonder if those moments are coming in a weird parallel universe where they've been together for 5 years like they come off as super confident in this <laughs> yeah i guess because we don't get to see their moments of doubt like we only see them sort of performance uh, yes. like you know, well, for, for in front of a stranger but but i mean like but but like also the whole concept of well like they got stuck in 69 with no tardis for like more than a year it sounds like Ooh. that yeah. had to be that had to be crazy yeah. <laughs> where she's working <laughs> right? to make money so they can survive like wait a minute yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> yeah yeah there's a whole a whole another and then there, there's another uh moffat thing of like Lots of time passing in the course of an, an episode that we don't get to see. That's another thing. He'll recur. He'll that'll that'll be a recurring theme all through his run as showrunner. And I love that he, uh, boy, I'll tell you, he clearly had his some of his ideas set oh, early. Yes. Oh yes, because um, the whole especially weddings, especially my own. Uh-huh. The, I mean, like, wow, he knew where he was going. Oh yeah, with some of those storylines, definite ideas on how how the doctor was and, and what the doctor has done and will do. And absolutely, yeah. There's a couple of uh, um, uh, things that that have come up over the course of time that because this is one of those often uh, like obviously introducing a major major now new Doctor Who villain uh, the the Weeping Angels who have uh, shown up multiple times uh, again I, I would say probably to diminishing returns that there is a there, there's another way to watch this episode so I I, I, I wish I could have a, I find a definitive fan site that talked about this but I read it at one point and I and I couldn't find the actual article I read but. They say if you when you watch the episode, there are moments where there's like that Sally will be in the house by herself and then she'll walk by and boom, out the window, there's a weeping angel. And you're like, okay, she's not looking at that angel. 
Like, why isn't it attacking her now? And the reason is because we're looking at the angel. Oh. You can watch this episode and think like they never move when they're observed because we're observing them. We're actually a part of the episode. Oh, that explains how you can get away with making something really scary. That's nothing more than a stop motion yeah. clay feature. Yeah, that, I, I had to because my daughter actually had nightmares about this, and I had to explain to her there aren't they, like like it, when they made the episode, there were no people in suits. It's just a statue. It literally is just a statue. They oh, would just yeah. shut the light off and move it and turn the light back on. Like I had to like break down this all this and, and, and that really ended up making her feel better because it's the cheapest gag in the world. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And yet it's right? so freaking scary. Yes. No, that I agree. Off, move a thing, turn the light back on. It's like, huh. but yeah, that's there's there. Uh, I tell you, go back and watch the episode again because it's it's a great episode to watch again and notice that. They don't move when we, the audience, are looking at them, and only us, because we're first awesome. observers too. It's really cool. Yeah, Blink is is a is a fan fantastic episode, and I would say anybody who you want to get into Doctor Who, it's a good one to show because it's scary, it's funny, it's it's a little bit silly, uh, and it also has you know that Doctor still ends up saving the day even though he's not the one that's um, you know is the hero of it. And I really like the ending though. I love how the um What's the character's name? The main, the female? Sally Sparrow. S- Sally Sparrow. Oh, geez, how could I forget that, right? right? Sally Sparrow. You know, I mean, great story. And I love how the end where she's like, which she would have made a great companion as portrayed. Yes. Where she's like, look, at the end where she's all still absorbed by this, she sees him, gives him the packet uh-huh. and is like, look, you'll need it. Just take it. Yeah. And let's go. Cause then she can obviously have a relationship with her, with her right. friend's brother or whatever. She's free. Oh, Right, she's free. I mean, it was just really nice. It was a, a great beginning, great middle, great end. And there's a there's also a, a little narrative loop too because she got that information from the doctor, and then she ends up giving it to the doctor, who will then go back and give it to her. Like, where did it come from? Like, there's right. a whole narrative loop there that. Let's see, I'm trying to think. This is actually directed by Hetty McDonald, who actually has she's going to go on to do a couple of other uh, Doctor Who episodes. Oh, she will do a couple in Capaldi's era too. So I think she does not get enough credit too. So shout oh, out to Hetty very McDonald cool. for for putting together an amazing, amazing episode. Do you have the you have the clip? I do. Oh yes. Before we get on there, yeah. So the I, the, the clip of, of one of the most famous speeches that he gives to of all tenants. Yeah. I've seen this bit before. Quite possibly. 1969, that's where you're talking from. Afraid so. But you're replying to me. You can't know exactly what I'm going to say 40 years before I say it. 38? I'm getting this down. I'm writing in your bits. How? How is this possible? Tell me. Not so fast. Uh, People don't understand time. It's not what you think it is. Then what is it? Complicated. Tell me. Very complicated. I'm clever and I'm listening and don't patronize me because people have died and I'm not happy. Tell me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect, but actually from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Yeah, I've seen this bit before. You said that sentence got away from you. It got away from me, yeah. Next thing you're gonna say is, well, I can hear you. Well, I can hear you. This is impossible. No. It's brilliant. <laughs> just, love, just the idea, even it's the perfect encapsulation of the era too, of like hiding messages to the future in a DVD extra. Yes. It's just beautiful. Uh, and also if you buy the DVDs, this is actually a hidden extra. 
There is an Easter egg in the episode. Oh, that's awesome. You can play just, just exactly him, do the entire thing, and you can basically do the Sally Sparrow stuff. Because it's just oh, that's great. I thought it was great. I think you can look it up there, but I think it's basically if you select that episode and go to the chapter, like where you're going to choose the chapter of Blink, and then just keep pushing to the right. Eventually, it'll hop off to the side. I think a little picture of an angel or whatever. You click it, and it plays that. That was a nice little thing for them to do too. (laughs) But yeah, I I love it. Yeah, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. And you can see, you can even hear a little bit. I would say probably of Clara. In how oh, she yes. like, like, I'm very clever. Don't patronize me. Absolutely, yes. Like, That's yeah. why I think no. It would have been great to see her as a companion, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I would say I would I would uh, say that he's very good at writing um, uh, female characters uh, too. So like, he really has the, his female characters really tend to shine. So, all right. So that, we'll move on to the three part finale. We'll, we'll we'll cover it in in individual pieces because there's a lot going on in these episodes. So. And now everything comes together uh, in the next episode, Utopia, a.k.a. Mad Jack and Thing Beyond Thunderdome. Mad Jack and Thing. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. These last three got all, for me, all over the place. But I mean, that's all I could think of was Mad Max. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's very Mad Max. And another another uh, shot in the quarry. That's one of the bit, other recurring Doctor Who thing. They love shooting. Yeah. Um, yeah. We get to see the return of Captain Jack Harkness. He's fresh off of his first season of Torchwood. I believe the first season of Torchwood ended with him hearing the, the sound of the TARDIS arriving. And then we cut to this of him, you know, running through Cardiff. Doctor. And the doctor running away from him and the TARDIS running away from him, too. Uh, Is this the first time we've seen somebody stuck on the outside of the TARDIS? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, they made a joke in the commentary about they wanted to redo the opening titles to have a little Jack clutching the side of the TARDIS. Oh, my God. That would have been hilarious. (laughs) Um, oh, that would have been. been yeah, they talked about doing it, but I guess they never got around to it. Or, or the BBC said, "We're not going to spend that kind of money." No, no, never. But uh, we get, yeah, we can see, um, uh, yeah, Captain Jack return, which is a, a welcome return. I, I like him. I like him so much more in Doctor Who than I ever did when he was in Torchwood. Like, well, they went a different. They tried to go a totally different route for a different audience in Torchwood. Oh, very, very, very much so. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And then, and obviously, then he and Martha having an and I, and I also like the fact that Jack, being a man of the world, just takes regeneration in stride. Like the door opens up, clearly not his doctor. Right. But he's just like, oh, did you get some work done? Like he's like, oh yeah. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, actually. That's I love you. Know, you always are reminded how amazing Doctor Who all throughout the history of the show. I don't think you've ever seen a show willingly poke fun at its talent with with the script mm-hmm. like no joke john barrowman like yeah. obviously he's got a great sense of humor if yes. you've ever seen him at the at the cons oh, or anything yes. he's, he's a I mean, totally willing to just laugh at himself <laughs> it's awesome yeah, he's ha- and you can tell he's having a ton of fun in this one too. Oh my god, um, yeah, and and even in very dark circumstances, but they're all like you know very light about for the most part, and then of course it, it gets super serious at the end. And Derek Jacoby, wow, yes. what a get! I mean, like yes. a very very respected uh, British actor. Uh, he's been in a ton of stuff. I, I know uh, he did a, a a movie version of Hamlet, not not as Hamlet, but. Uh, uh, as the king, and he was fantastic in that. He's a, I mean, he's, his resume is a 
two arms long. I mean, he's right. he's amazing, uh, and it was a great get because what a what a great role, and also you would never suspect what they were doing. Right. I think I didn't I, like I I you know we're we're both old school Doctor Who fans. We know the Master. We've, right. we've uh, for a long time, but I did not put that together. Even with the clothes and like the uh, the respected British actor, <laughs> did not put it together until the moment when the doctor when the when the dime drops the doctor too. No, and and I'll tell you his acting during the switch. I mean, wow, what great when you see when you see a great actor mm-hmm. really channel a change in persona. It's, yeah. it's awesome. This is great. And, it's great. And and I, I and I gotta say one of my one of my favorite. Um, one-time characters is Chantho. I'll oh, yeah. Chantho. As, as we're recording this, right behind me, I have a sketch that an artist did for me of Chantho hanging oh, on my cool. wall. She, I think she's great. And, uh, and you know, poor Chantho. Another yeah, one of those true. lost loves that she, like, she loved a Time Lord and it ended up killing her. Well, and I'll tell you, I loved, um, you know, I mean, like, as as much as it's a weird episode, it has, it, it, it's got, it's, it's, um, it's uneven it for is, me. It is a bit, yeah. Because the whole the whole uh, Mad Max part of it is weird. Yeah, and, and a lot of it is because that was all just window dressing. Like, exactly. It was about the four. It was about the four right. actors and Chanto. I would say five. Right. It wasn't about the the rocket and Utopia and all that stuff because even that, like, it's very unclear. Even as as the stuff goes on, because we're so about the master and his plan, all that kind of stuff about like what happened in Utopia, who sent the signal, where was it, what was going right. on. It's like it all just is like eh, this is stuff. It happens. No, and you got um, but very funny, yes. very witty. Yep. Uh, you know, just the whole thing. You're you're busy blogging when they're going back uh-huh. and forth about stuff or sports <laughs> car and space hopper. You know, yeah. I mean, just funny stuff. Um. And then uh, I did love uh, th- when he when he regenerates. There's a whole thing they embedded. They pulled like what they've done in Star Wars with yeah. you know the pieces of Obi Wan. Uh-huh. You hear Anthony Ainley's laughter uh-huh. and Robert Delgado. Like these yeah. are former guys who played the Master. They very reverent to the to the lore of the show. And again, I you know this is a thing that I think further embed embeds a longtime fans of the show with what they were doing here. Mm-hmm. And and uh, they actually went to Fox and said, "Hey, can we use some uh, of Eric Roberts' lines from the from the Fox TV movie?" And Fox like, <laughs> "No, serious." <laughs> so Fox always run by jerks. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Yeah. What? Yeah. Come on, everybody. Uh, yeah, because even that that TV movie was unavailable for a long time. Like it, oh, yeah. it only became available outside of bootlegs. I say in the last maybe two years. Yeah, I mean, like well, even after would've... after the height of Who, it still wasn't available. Well, no, they did. They did do a DVD release for a short time. Did they? Yeah, I got okay. it. Yeah, I actually, I think I had it, and then I ripped it. I think I okay. have the digital file. That's yeah. another that we'll do an episode someday. On that. <laughs> yeah, that um, lost. So uh, no, but but I mean, you know, it's it's just really good, and then. Immediately, I think you just get the Sim. John Sim is. Oh, yeah, man. Like, uh, once again, another actor who just like, oh, I'm going to have a ball with this. Yes. <laughs> Which the high point for me in most cases we're going to talk about as we get to the next two episodes. Yeah. He is the high point of this whole yeah. trifecta of episodes for me. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. So let's <laughs> let's move on to pass out, out of Utopia to the sound of drums, a.k.a. Sliders to they live. Which I'll explain. <laughs> That's a weird one. Or, 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 and I'm just, and I have to do it. I have to say it. Make Britain great again. <laughs> because let's just say yeah. this, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go into this, right? But yeah. wow, uh, I mean, let's just say that the master was was must have had definitely had a time machine that took him 
and he patterned his role of government after a certain other individual because <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if you had told me in the, when we were watching this, when it was live, that someday you may think that this was closer <laughs> to reality, fantasy, I would not have believed you. They're, okay. So the re- uh, enough of that. Yeah. The reason why I said the sliders to they live is, well, I mean, okay, first of all, the TARDIS is gone. Yep. How are they going to they, they slide, basically? Yes, really, that really is. It really is. Slide if you don't know what Sliders world. is, it was yeah. a really funny, weird, campy TV show with like Jerry O'Connell and John Reese Davies. Like, yeah. yeah, where they just slid. We're like, that's how we're, we're moving. Yeah. The whole thing with them, they, they couldn't control where they went. They just, but it was all about uh, parallel universes. So they just jumped from universe to universe trying to find their way back home. So interesting way to keep the doctor mobile, but not, you know, in the TARDIS. Yeah. And then, okay, the, the, it's a little bit of the the old Roddy Hot Rod, uh, you know, the movie They Live, where he's basically using a, a, a antenna or something to control people. Yeah, and, yeah the, the uh, 15 satellites of the Archangel Network. The, yeah, the, the, I was like, minds. thank God Sim just eats it up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And the and the and the recurring the the recurring drum beat the yes like okay now that's interesting the way yeah. that they the way that they develop the character the character of the master his backstory mm-hmm. very interesting they, I would see a a the, his first uh, regeneration like his first I mean not, I mean like the, the person he was before he regenerated for the first right. time as a as a child well and how his insanity basically comes about from when they're when they're given that test of looking to the time vortex and yeah. it basically drove him crazy yeah this is all um, new information that was uh, just created just for this and cool because you got to see the old time lord outfits which uh-huh. are one of the classic things from the classic show yep. yeah I mean it, it's good um the thing I couldn't and, then, could, and and more time war stuff because he ran. Like, oh yes, the idea was that they wanted him to be like because they're like, oh, you're immoral. You'll do all this awful, awful stuff. So come do the time war. And then and then there, I love Russell C. Davies when he just throws around these terms like the nightmare child and stuff too, and there's no explanation what it is. So like, so the Dalek Emperor opens the cruciform, and that was too much for me, and I had to run away. It's like. What was the, what's the cruciform that was so terrible that it would scare the master right. into running to the end of time? Right. Because that, that, that was a, a thing that from the from the last thing is that there was like when he talks about there are places that time lords don't go. That was something they talked about a lot. I think in like uh, the fifth doctor, he, he had a big thing about like there are places that we are not as time lords. We are not allowed to go to. Right. And this was one of them. So he ran, like, basically he ran off into the wilderness knowing that the time lords would never follow him there. No, yeah, I mean, I it just some of it. I like, want to know how he camped down his craziness to get elected. Well, yeah, no, you get the big payoff of Harold Harold Saxon, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, so Mr. Saxon turns out to be the master. That's the uh, persona he came up with to get elected as prime minister, just to screw with England and and <laughs> and piss off the doctor. I, I, you know, all all I all, the only thing I came away with this at the end is because okay, I just can't get over the bad makeup for David Tennant. <laughs> He looks like Johnny Knoxville. You know how Johnny Knoxville <laughs> looks when he does the old guy shtick? Yeah. Like, I'm like, what happened? That's why we said earlier about it was good old makeup. You know, yeah, it he, just, it's, it's, can't, this is a campy romp, he has honestly. A laser screwdriver. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know what? And, I own. And, and great callbacks to the la- the uh, Lazarus episode mm-hmm. and the hand and right, just. And the, and the watch. I mean, all these things, yes. uh, they all come around. 
Yeah, the Toclophane. You could find out that they're the, they're the heads of the people who made it to Utopia. Blah. Yeah, it, it was it was uh, paradox engines. I mean, like there's just so so much great sciency, wyancy, <laughs> timey wimey stuff that he throws in here. Perception filters and like you know all this. Exactly. All oh, this I stuff. mean, all that. I don't get no, Doctor and I get so pulpy. Totally, and 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 it will. It just it just where this goes, where this middle episode goes, and then where the final episode goes. Yeah, yeah, just. So we yeah so then uh, let's just say that he he gets um, regress. I'm trying to remember how it happens. So at the end of this episode, he's the old man, or is he already in the cage? No, he's an old man. Okay, so he's, he becomes the old man. Yeah, not great makeup, and whispers something, and then Martha runs off, and then Tucklefinger unleashed, and looks like the master has won because uh, everyone there is captured, and only Martha is the only one who is out outside of the control room, whatever, who can do anything about it. So it's just like, what is one companion going to do? And then episode ends. So then. Uh, we come to last of the Time Lords, a.k.a. Saving Dr. Dobby. <laughs> I knew there'd be a Dobby thing. So the song again, I'm like, I know his episode is going to have something about Dobby. Oh, my God. <laughs> that yeah. is the most weirdly uncomfortable. Like, honestly, it was either that or like return to the island of Dr. Moreau. Uh-huh. Like the little yeah. dude that Dr. Moreau had, like in the, in the yeah. Marlon Brando okay. movie. Like, yeah. okay. What were they thinking? And I and look at here's the deal. They get everybody connected uh-huh. and they pray him into becoming Vision, <laughs> and he's a superhero. Uh, yeah, I guess it's, it's the power of everyone believing in the same thing at the what same time. Happened? You know, at, by this point, all the stuff that they, the, of, of the uh, paradox engines and the floating heads and stuff. You like by that time, you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I was like fine with it. So well, I, I got that piece of audio too. So um, they, we've already gotten all of them saying doctor, doctor. In like, and so he's the doctor is sort of de-aging himself or, or, or re-regenerating. Re, One thing you can't do, stop them thinking. <laughs> Tell me the human race is degenerate now. How would they do this? So we get to see the doctor glowing and floating and and then but then at the at the moment he shows mercy he doesn't you know you know wipe him out of existence or whatever he actually like either shows mercy to the master well actually i thought i i, I mean as much as i'm not a fan of just the story and just the <laughs> just the craziness the last the last 10 12 minutes are phenomenal yeah um it, i mean the ending is fantastic tenant again crushes the yeah. acting of this oh yes which is the famous scene of him you know basically one immediately forgives him mm-hmm. and then when he won't you know when he gets shot by his wife basically or yeah. his, whatever you want to call it wow his his pain of losing the last you know person he has which obviously there's a relationship between the master and him as well as the the, the only other person of his kind it's it's awesome that's a it's powerful he just acts the heck out of it and then everything that happens in the last like six minutes, there's a ton of cool stuff. Yeah, it's just like it's like I don't, it's almost like Russell Davies is like, am I going to get fired? Well, then I'm going out with a bang. I'm going to do everything. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> well, I mean, like, and some of the stuff, like, okay, so like, you know, we get it. We get the whole concept, which is explored later with with Matt Smith's era of the burning of the of the Time Lord body yep. after they've died. Yep. We get the whole face of Bo, which yeah. super controversial because there's yeah. people 
even in, in related to the production who claim that that's not real. Yeah, even it's it, they're very ambiguous about it. I guess because I guess the Rusty Davies and um, Stephen Moffat disagree. So it's sort of like, okay, well then who, you know, like the guy, uh, the guy who's currently running it, like they, they disagree about it. Is it but really, I love, but I mean, I love the fact that I like just, I like the ambiguity. Yes. Like, and if he, he is, isn't he? that's, that's awesome. <laughs> I love Martha finally getting her feet back. Like that, her, like she's like, look, you know what? I mean, and, and I thought that was a really interesting way to, to end it with her of that. Look, yeah, I am. I totally am in love with you. Is what she's basically saying. And right. you know what? It's this is going to work, and I'm not going to waste my time. I'm. I got more important things to do. Yes, I'm not going to. I'm not going to chase you around the universe, pining, waiting for you to get over your ex girlfriend. Yeah, way to go! Like, yeah. no, awesome. And then we get. I mean, I love the whole. And I know there's a lot of talk about this. The master's pyre where he's yeah. done, and you see the female hand go and take yep. the ring. Like, yep, that's hilarious yeah, and another, awesome. another more mystery and more you know stuff going on i like that no and then it ends with the crazy titanic leading us into the, to it was great <laughs> yeah, like yeah the I mean, last and, 12 and john minutes sim and john sim getting to you know really crazy it up through this whole episode and you know just completely chew every piece of scenery he could find uh which is a nice it was a nice counterbalance to uh david Tennant's doctor like the, right. the way, like the calm and stuff too, as opposed to his just like being completely over the top and everything. I think, I think another diminishing returns thing. I think when he comes back, I think he has trouble finding that level again because he's just going full bore all the time, and it's like, okay, well, <laughs> right, right, tamp right. it down a little bit. But, but yeah, it was, it was a, it was a cool way to bring that. And interestingly enough, um, for minor spoilers for for those of you who aren't up to date on Doctor Who. His so the master's last incarnation, uh, you know, Doctor Yana shot in the back and killed by a spurned woman. Uh, master <laughs> shot in the back, shot and killed by a spurned woman, and <laughs> guess what? Wow, that's really funny. Actually. Right? <laughs> I saw we put that together, and I was like, oh, I didn't even see that like three times in a row. It was that's like, oh. what is that? When it gets meta, as yeah, Wolf it gets pretty meta. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Right? Okay, that's cool, right? Anyway, uh, no. Yeah, so it was, it was it, this. This is this is like the ultimate Russell T Davies of just like him at his at his best and worst at the same time, like just throwing out ideas and concepts like crazy, still having the emotional stuff, like letting actors run wild. I mean, like it's this is pure pure uh, Russell T Davies stuff right in here. What I think is interesting is for me, and this is and this is the first three parter of the modern era that yeah. was only. Just recently, what in like the in the one season Capaldi, I think they did mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: I could recut this down to like 30 minutes. That would be absolutely pure joy <laughs> that I would watch over and over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would. I would like cut. to go big in the finale. Yeah, I, that just this 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 didn't this didn't really do it for me. The stuff that's good is really really good. It just takes up about 25 minutes of a three three episodes. Yeah. There is a like uh, for those who want to go beyond the story. There is a pretty good novel of Martha's journey. They did a, a, a novel called The Story of Martha, and it, it talks about the year, like the, the walkabout year. Oh. Uh, and cool. So more of the adventures she had and, and the characters she met. And like the, and even in this lost year, like where were some of the other Doctor Who characters that we didn't see? Like she gets to encounter them and stuff too. I, it, it's, I, I would say it, it's, if, if you're a hardcore Doctor Who fan, read it. If you're a casual Doctor Who fan, it's not a great novel. <laughs> I really wish they would have gone a lot deeper because, I mean, they really could have gone insane with it. Like in show, like everybody from anything that's from the first – three series could have shown up and they, and they didn't really go that far, but it's still a good, it's still a good read. Yeah. I, 
overall, I think the season, um, the series, uh, you know, it was solid. I think I liked it. I certainly, I really love the two episodes. I love Gridlock and I love Blink. Yeah. And I did think I thought the Christmas special was great. Yeah. So I, I came away. I like it better than series two. The acting still brings it through the, the low points. Yeah. But when you add in that and you add in the best parts of the of the three part finale, eh, it's a pretty good season. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's really solid. I mean, like, yeah, when you watch the highlight reel of it, you're like, oh, yeah, that's some really yeah. good. I mean, definitely ridiculousness. But uh, you know, one other thing I, I do mention this when we first started this, you know, it totally still bugs me, though. That logo sucks. <laughs> what the Doctor Who logo? Oh my god! Well, it looks like a like the the top of a cab. <laughs> I, I mean, what were they thinking? And they tweaked it. This they in did. series three, they tweaked it because it's the one that they. That's the one you see mostly on the on the products from that era. Yeah. Um. Yeah, oh my god! When they did that logo, they. I mean, they weren't even trying. <laughs> At the time, it was just like, well, first draft. Ah, we got to get it out the door. Eh, good enough. Wow! Quit, I just send. I, every time the show starts and I've been watching, I'm like, I can't <laughs> believe that that's still the logo. Um, but anyway, but no. So you yeah. know what? Really tried it. Love Martha. Yeah, Martha's been- great. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I, it, 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 they did. I think it was a good. It, it, it was a good beginning, middle, and end, which not all the companions get. That's correct. So like, she had a indefinite arc. I think, and she left on a very strong note. And and when she shows up again, I am always pleased. Yes. Like every time that she does another appearance, like, oh, good. It's Martha. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. The doctor's doctor. Yeah. I, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Martha and I think she, yeah, she got a good season to go through. Yeah. And overall, it is a really, it is a really, really solid season. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, and, and I say it gets, it doesn't get crazy at the end. Yeah. But I'm okay with that because they earned it. Yes. They, they, all right. these little pieces they let on the way, like clearly they were, he was, had this plan in his head. It wasn't a, a thrown together thing. Um, yeah. It's, I, I really, really enjoyed Holt again and getting Martha. So yeah, that was series three. Let's talk then now for those who have patiently listened to us yammer yes, on or, fa- or fast forward to this point. Uh, let's talk about the giveaway. All right. So uh, tell the people what you have. So this was really cool. So um, when I went to Doctor Who North America, they had a they had all the action figure stuff. And this was just after we had recorded um, the series two uh, recap. And they had the three figure box set from Doomsday. It is the six inch or five and a half inch figure of of uh, David Tennant's doctor with the 3D glasses on, which we talked about in that podcast mm-hmm. and a, a Dalek and a, a Cyberman. Oh. So it's an awesome you get three awesome figures. It's it's fairly mint in the box. Nice. Uh, it's awesome. We have it as a giveaway. And we have an interesting idea for how you'll uh, earn the chance to win this. That's right. So what we want you to do is to go back through our season, our series two episode and give us four of the alternate titles that Rob gave us for the episodes. So go back to that episode, uh, write them all down, and then I want you to email those four, any four, any of the, of the 13 episodes that were on there, uh, email them to mastermind at legiblescrawl.com. That email once again, mastermind at legiblescrawl.com. Uh, email me those things and then your your name address. I don't know if we have any international listeners, but I guess we'll cross that bridge if the only one. And I will we'll from, out, sure. from the from the contest one, I will I will randomly draw a winner uh, and we will send that to you. And we will and you'll you'll have a prize from the uh, Time for 13 podcast. There you go. By a generous uh, contribution from Rob. Ah, oh, it's all good. I'm looking forward to getting those emails. So, uh, all right. So that was Caesar series three. We will next, we'll be moving on to series four, but first a trip on the Titanic. Uh, so it should be a good time. Um, I, I, as always, um, uh, thank you to engineer Alice for making us sound wonderful. Thank um, you. All the professionalism comes from her. All the mistakes are my own. 
we will yeah, we'll be back in, in two weeks. And so uh, keep your eyes peeled because lots of Doctor Who information is coming out now. So uh, we should be we should actually be getting some uh, some pretty hard details on when the new episodes will start airing. All right. So thanks for listening, everybody. Thank <laughs> uh, you. You can, you, can uh, you, you know where to find us. Uh, and we'll see you next time. To play us out, I have um, uh, the sound of drums. to a legible scrawl audio production find out more about us at our website legiblescrawl.com you can follow us on twitter at legible scrawl or find us on facebook the music you're listening to is zazzy by kevin mcleod you can find out more about him at incompetech.com and as always you're welcome <laughs> <laughs>